Alice started to her feet. She had never before seen a rabbit with a waistcoat pocket or a watch. Burning with curiosity, she ran after it, just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole. She went to follow, but received a Snapchat from her sister playing with the cat. Distracted, Alice forgot all about the waistcoated rabbit and went on to a less than successful career in recruitment. The end. Don't let silly distractions get in the way of great stories. With the world's largest selection of audiobooks, the difference is audible. Right, we are now live. Welcome to Holes with Mark podcast show. And today I am talking to... And today I am talking to Anthony Voices Paranormal Investigations. It is a husband and wife paranormal team located in Phoenix, Arizona, aimed at discovering the truths about spirits, entities, and life after death. Tony and Cherie Rathman lead professionally operated paranormal investigators into some of the darkest corners of Arizona and just about anywhere we travel. Our mission is to seek truth as a paranormal. We are a couple who works together for the purposes of understanding paranormal phenomenon and adding to the common base of knowledge in the community wherever possible, investigating, documenting and educating on paranormal activity is our main focus to share those understanding of developments with all they want to listen. Above all else, we strive to communicate respect and empathy to all beings with whom we come into contact. We welcome opportunities to provide education about the paranormal and to, and to decrease fears about the unknown. Our speciality lies in spirit communication, whether it be through EVP or ITC communication, but it seems to resonate well. But both of us have captured some amazing entity voices along our years of investigation and research. We focus on the state of Arizona, have travelled the state investigating many historical and probably owned places. With claims of paranormal activity, over the years we now branched outside of the state, always looking for new opportunities of research to those or help those in need across the country. Over the years of covering paranormal activity, EVPI began to share the things we collected and captured with the public on our Facebook site. EVP Investigations <coughs> Recently, EVPI has partnered with the owners the Elfeld Stodge Hospital and opened the first paranormal research centre at Southwest, now called Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Centre, amazing gold mine of paranormal activity. And welcome, my friends. Hello. Sorry about that. A very long intro. And how are you today? Doing great, Mark. How are you? Right. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do? We've been doing this for about the last eight years. We started locally in Arizona, and we started out doing haunted hotels. When we first started, I was a complete skeptic on it. Uh, My wife sort of tricked me into a weekend vacation from ghost hunting. And, of course, to make her happy, I... I said, okay. I bought her some relatively inexpensive equipment, a uh, night vision camera, uh, digital recorder, EMS meter, and we went for the weekend. Now, she was really happy and she was excited about it, so I let her enjoy the weekend. But when she got the stuff home and she started reviewing it, she was calling me over every three minutes. Look at this. Look at this photo. Listen to this recording. I I was absolutely blown away. I could not believe what was on there. We were one of two guests in that hotel that evening, and there was no outside disturbance whatsoever. We were walking down the halls asking questions, and we're getting responses, direct responses to the questions that we were asking. And it was absolutely amazing. And it's I tried for weeks to try to explain what had happened, how we were getting these responses, and I could never figure it out. So we just kept going back and kept going back and investigating, gathering more and more evidence. 
evidence, um, being able to substantiate the claims that we had the first time, and it just continued to grow. And then we spread out throughout the state. We started going to other hotels. We went to historic locations. And as the years went by and we gathered more and more information and became more familiar with how the paranormal was working, then people started asking us to do private home and business investigations. So then we took that on. And then most recently, we had the opportunity to investigate the old Phelps Dodge Hospital, which is located in Ajo, Arizona. And it was featured on Ghost Adventures. They had um, been there, I think, maybe eight months before we got in there. But we caught some of the most amazing evidence we've ever captured in eight years of investigating out of this old hospital. And we were so excited about what we captured we wanted to make sure that other paranormal investigators could have the opportunity to um, investigate it for themselves so we opened the copper canyon paranormal research center which can now be booked for 10 hours overnight from 7 p.m till 5 a.m in the morning i like that idea um have you got any evidence on you that you can play or is it a bit, bit short notice But yeah, all of the evidence is available. Um, there's clips both on the website for the Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Center, which is www.coppercanyonprc.com. There are clips specifically from that location. And then, of course, um, we've got a YouTube channel, which is if you search Entity Voices Paranormal Investigation, Investigations will come up, or you can just go to my Facebook, which is Tony Rathman, last name spelled R A T H M A N, and all of our stuff is on that Facebook page as well. Have you any personal paranormal experiences yourself? Oh, absolutely. Um, when we first started investigating, um, you know, it was it was location driven, but we, you know, everyone always warns about this. And I don't know that I necessarily took it seriously at that time, but people always said, you know, be careful, protect yourself when you go out because spirits will follow you home. And, you know, our house is probably not more than 12 years old. It's in a new neighborhood, but we have more spirits in this house than we can probably count. We can't run a video recorder or an audio recorder without getting four or five different voices making comments about whatever we're doing or talking about. And we've seen apparitions in the bedroom. We've seen noises down the hall, footsteps. Um, so, yes, all those personal experiences come twofold once you start going out and investigating because they, they, they come to you. And they will follow you. And they will follow you, yes. And uh, I, I know the lady in the background is your uh, wife, I presume? It is. Hi, Mark. Hello. I thought I did introduce you because people were going to say, who's that lady in the background? <laughs> yes, that, that, that is my wife and co-founder of Entity Voices and my paranormal partner on all investigations. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, Sherry, I think I've got that right. How, sure, yes. How, have, you, have, you, have you had any personal paranormal experiences as well? Yes, I do. Um, even when I, uh, when I was a child, I had paranormal um, experiences also, but because I'm from the Philippines, there's so many things over there. But um, over here in the United States, when we started, my husband and I, when we started um, investigations or doing the paranormal investigations, um, we or I personally had so much um, experiences everywhere we go, and you wouldn't believe when we were at the um, um, San Carlos Hotel, yeah. and um, that was the very, very first um, local 
location that we investigated and we caught so many um, paranormal experiences. Personally, both my husband and I, when we were in the room sleeping, and we're the only guests in that uh, floor. Right. You, we can hear our wall like you know banging, banging and I can hear the voices of the woman. Yeah, we can, the the room next to us. We, my wife actually at about three in the morning or three thirty in the morning, called down to the front desk to complain about the the people staying in the room next to us, and I mean the the walls were banging. We could hear them screaming and moaning and all sorts of other stuff, and the lady. At the front desk says, what room are you in? And my wife told her what room we're in. She says, you are the only people on that entire floor. So I'm like, I, I, I can't sleep. And <laughs> I even took my um, cell phone to record the voices and it's, it's there. Oh, and not only that, I have this, my favorite um, PJ. And um, so I bring my PJ everywhere we go. It's my, like, security blanket, you know. <laughs> That's my favorite. But anyway, so, um, there's so many, um, to make the long story short, I was trying to look for my PJ because I know I wore it and changed. Why don't you explain that? Well, she, she, as the night went on and we were investigating, it was about maybe 9.30 and she put them on for the first time. And I said, no, don't go to bed. We're not going to bed yet. It's only 9.30. We're going down to investigate the basement. So she changed back and went down and investigated the basement. Then we came back. It was about 11.30 and she put them on again. <laughs> And I said, no, we're going down, we're going to do the ghost lounge. So she changed again, we went back down, we investigated the ghost lounge. After we came back up, it was 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, she went to put her pajamas back on, she couldn't find it. We tore the entire room apart. Now, remember, she's had them on twice already. We could not find them. We literally searched everywhere. We went through every drawer, pillowcases, under the mattress, Everywhere you could possibly imagine that they could be hiding, we couldn't find him. So, actually, I end up wearing his boxer shorts yeah, that you, night. You did, you did. But the, tell him the, the end part when we got home. So, when we were checking checking out the, the next day, so um, the receptionist says that, um, is everything okay? How was your sleep? How was your, your night? So, I said, the only thing, problem is I can find my my PJ and you know it, it got lost or something some somehow when we get home so I went directly to our you know, our master bat, bat, bathroom and I saw the hamper and my pajama was laying in there and folded so I called Tony and I said babe come over here look Look at this. The craziest thing I, I have ever witnessed and ever seen. And we can't, we don't want to say these things because I know people won't. People think we're, think we're crazy when we say stuff like that. But this happened, and I saw her put them on twice. And we got home, and they were here and folded and laying on the hamper, which is just insane. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Hmm, that's definitely weird. I was going to ask you what the weirdest one you've ever had, but that's obviously is the weirdest one you've ever had. Yeah, that was, that. we don't talk about that much. I'm surprised she actually said it because... Well, that is my very, very no, I, personal I, experience that I can't explain I, even you. No, I can't. Um, now, what is your personal theory that ghosts are? that you have you have ghosts your spirits which we've been told actually by them they prefer that word they don't prefer ghosts they prefer spirits yeah. poltergeists mm -hmm. um, shadow figures and then of course your demonic entities which are completely different than any of the three I just mentioned but you know they each have their each individual reasons for being around they have their individual agendas um you know a spirit could just be missing life itself they could be upset about 
way they died. They could be here to help someone out. They could be here because they lost their path to, to the other side or unfinished business. When you get into poltergeist, you poltergeist seem to be an energy release from another human being. So in other words, that energy that's reflecting or moving things or causing the disturbance is actually caused from the actual individual who is living and who is repressing very stressful, very um, hurtful feelings. And those feelings, that energy is pushing out into the, the realm of... of the spiritual world and it's it's causing those activities it's moving those objects shadow people that one still kind of unknown um what their purpose and reason is and but they're they're usually of a negative factor and then of course you move to the demonic entities which are way off the charts from any of the first three so that's that's our background and perception of, of the kind of ghosts kind of spirits um and the various demonic entities that that are out there do you find that people get confused between bad ghosts and demonic ghosts all the time in fact the slightest bit of paranormal activity and a lot of this is due to the television shows that are out today, but they automatically assume that if, you know, an object moves or they hear a voice, that it's demonic. And that is not the case at all. Yeah, I find a lot of people do get confused between the two. I'm not saying there isn't demonic spirits out there. Of course they are. But they're not as common as people think they are. Not as common at all. Have you ever come across one yourself? We have. We did a private investigation about eight or nine months ago in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And the woman who contacted us was complaining about strange activity, voices, objects moving. And so we drove out to Las Vegas and we spent about five hours in her home investigating and we caught everything from shadow figures to strange phenomena i don't know exactly how to describe it mist-like figures falling from the ceiling and shooting across our cameras and then we did a, a portal session where the voices that were coming through were so clear and so, such direct responses to the questions that I was asking and absolutely vicious and mean. And there were multiple ones there and they, they weren't attached to the house. They were attached to her or an object in the house. Which she, which she right, she had lots of them that they could have been attached to. But we ended up having to get a demonologist out of L.A. and an archbishop to come and exercise her home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I I know that you live in Arizona way, and I know that around where you are, there's also UFO sightings. There's lots of them. There is a ranch, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Walker? No, not Skinwalker. That's uh -huh. that's Vegas. Oh, okay. And at, uh, Colorado, sorry. Okay. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's not more than 15 miles from where we live, and it has a tremendous amount of UFO activity. And Arizona is known for it. I mean... Most people know of what they call the Phoenix Lights, which are these huge crafts which circle over the city. I think just a couple of years ago, we were sitting out on the balcony and right. saw one shoot across the sky. It's an amazing sight. Right. And, uh, you know, the thing about the paranormal world is there's a lot of connections between spiritual paranormal and ufology and there's a lot of people that think even when you're using such devices as spirit boxes or portals you know we're not we're not a hundred percent sure who we're talking to could it be um extraterrestrial intelligence yeah i mean it could be we're, we don't know for sure that's that's part of the the 
research that's that's happening among people that are doing this. But you know, there's a lot of crossover between, like I said, spiritual, paranormal, UFOlogy, even Bigfoot research. There's there's theories that these might be interdimensional creatures, and that the whole the whole aspect of everything that involves on the paranormal side could all be connected. Yeah, that's the reason why it's called paranormal. You can't correct. Yeah, well, hey, paranormal is the unex- un- and, and it, unexplained and undeni- undefinable. But yeah, that's it, it's there's some strange connections between all of those fields. But well, when I, I I started in the world of cryptozoology, and I when I looked, used to look at ley lines, I used to find a lot of on ley lines there would be report of a cryptid, a UFO sighting, and a paranormal sighting all in the same area. Yep, that that's very common, and that that I think is pulling some of the teams together, where where people who investigate paranormal and people who investigate cryptozoology or UFOlogy, you know, find themselves on similar timelines and similar research, and we've seen them band together to, to try to explain what the, the different things that are happening, and you know, that I think is a good thing. Have you ever seen Bigfoot or heard of Bigfoot in your area? You know, this is a funny story, oh, but, had experience. you know, I, I was not, years ago, I was not a Bigfoot believer either, but I took my youngest, well, I guess he was my youngest, no, it was my oldest, I took my oldest son camping, and we went up um, what's called the, the, the Magian Rim in Arizona, and most people, when they think of Arizona, they think of it as all desert, and that's that's not the case. Arizona is a unique state because in the Phoenix area, yes, it's an urban desert, but if you travel an hour and a half, two hours north, we have one of the biggest pine forests in the country, and it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Well, anytime we would go camping, I didn't like campgrounds. I didn't like people camping 20 feet from me. I wanted to be out in nature and alone. So we'd always take these fire trails through the forest miles and miles back. So we're camping, and it's about, I don't know, maybe 1030 at night, and we're trying to get the kids to bed. And my son, every three minutes, is like, Daddy, what's that? Uh, it's just an owl, Sean. Don't it, it's fine. It's just an owl. Daddy, what's that? Uh, it's just a coyote, Sean. No big deal. Then this screeching howl came out of nowhere. It was so loud that I could literally sleeping on the ground on my sleeping bag. I could feel the vibration of it, and it went from what sounded like a bear growl to a high pitched male scream. It it was absolutely terrifying. And my son's like, Dad, Daddy, what's that? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I was petrified. I grabbed a gun. I grabbed a flashlight. I was expecting it to be standing three feet from the tent. I unzipped it, ran out there, found absolutely nothing. And I will never forget that experience as long as I live. Yeah, as I say, I, I, I mean, I, I, I follow a thing about British Bigfoot over here. Um, where um, people think, oh, how can it be possible over here? But there's a lot of uh, eyewitness accounts. Right. Right. And, and this, you know, people can hear a story and then repeat it. But, I mean, there, there is some proof. There's, there's footprints. They have some hair samples now. And the reports are, are being um, substantiated by... Lots of people who have experienced this. Now, you know, the questions still come forward. Why is there no evidence? Why are there no bodies? Why is nothing found? And those are all good questions. But the real answer might be that whatever this being is may have some interdimensional qualities or some abilities far beyond what we as humans have. And that's why it's so elusive to find track or capture well i did a i do i study archaeology archaeology and recently they found some bones that they think could possibly be and it's strong evidence now that it could be the little foot is that there's a lot of a lot of scientific belief 
Uh, well, there's at least one scientist that believes it could be Littlefoot. And it's a uh, part of a, um, a, um, a spe- species of human that has been forgotten. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I, um, I'm pretty sure it's on our friend Google or Bling or whatever research engine you use. Just look it up and you'll find that there's a video that is on there somewhere. Yeah, I found it interesting. I mean, obviously, I, I take everything as a sceptical view, as you probably do yourself, because you have to. Yeah, you have to, because, um, you know, there are so many stories, and a lot of the information comes off the Internet, and we all know that, you know, what's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. And so my wife and I were the same way, and me, my father was a, a physicist, chemistry teacher, physical science teacher, so I was I was raised with that scientific methodology in my head, and if I couldn't explain it through science, it didn't exist. Well, when Cherie got me into this and I started getting responses and voices that I could not explain, um, that's when I, you know, my attention turned, but you're, you're absolutely right. You have to go in to it with a balance of both skepticism and trying to find logical and reasonable explanations for what you're finding before you ever jump to it being paranormal. Yeah, a lot of research. A lot of research, a lot of testing, a lot of, um, I mean, there's there's so much involved in being able to finally classify it as saying, this is paranormal. Now, I, I read that you, about your gold mine thing. Is that correct? The gold mine place? Copper mine? Yeah, that's it, yeah. A gold mine, yeah. copper mine. I get confused with both. It's a mine. <laughs> it's a mine, right. It's a copper mine. And yeah, they did pull some gold out of it, and they did pull some silver out of it. But it, that particular area had been mined, oh my gosh, back to the early 1800s, mid-1800s, all the way from... Um, Spanish um, miners, Mexican miners, Native American miners, because there were three mountains that were literally about 45 to 50% copper, and they would literally shine when the sun hit them. And so they were mining this stuff with, with individual tunnels and making jewelry and trading the copper for you know various other food, water, whatever else they need. Um, but there were some struggles amongst the different groups that were mining and of course there were a ton of casualties well then they brought in a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Greenway who actually moved the town because he was going to do an open pit mine and he built at the time and the, the hospital went up in 1919 and rivaled some of our East Coast hospitals at the time. It was it was top of the line. And he basically turned it into an open pit mine rather than having people get killed in, in tunnel collapses. And this went on from 1919 to 1985 when the mine finally shut down because copper prices fell and uh, they had some labor strike problems and other things but between the mining accidents between this is obviously the southwest so between gunfights between barroom brawls between diseases that there weren't vaccinations for prior to after world war ii there were thousands of deaths in this thirty thousand square foot hospital and the history behind it is amazing and the activity that is occurring in this hospital it sat vacant since 1986 we finally got it up and running and open for people to come and investigate but even in the five hours the first night we spent in there the the evidence we captured in those five hours was more than we had ever captured in any other location we've investigated well that you obviously have um Cornish miners must have gone over where you are, because a lot of Cornish miners went over to the um, 
to help build mines in uh, America and South Africa and places like that? You are absolutely correct. And we there were multiple European people that came over as well to try and, you know, make a better life, make some money, mine whether it be for gold, silver, or copper, because the southwest here in the States was huge during that time because it was unexplored territory. So, yeah, there were European miners. There were people from South Africa. There were Asian miners. There were... Uh, around the world. Right. It, it was basically... There were people from all around the world that came to do this. Now, I'm going to ask the obvious question because people are going to say, ask the obvious question. Obviously, where you are, the Wild West... Now, I read a lot about the Wild West, and it isn't quite what we thought it was. And what, what did you, what was your impression of it? I, I, I read a lot of it. Um, one of the best gunfighters around was a woman. It wasn't a man. Uh, that most people couldn't shoot a barn door if they, it was in front of them. spent their time um, you know shooting but I think somebody who was either on the right side of the law or the wrong side of the law had plenty of practice and those are the people where you get the legends of like Jesse James and Billy the Kid and all the names that are known for the Southwest history of, of gunfighters Doc Holliday um Wire. Who? What is that? The last wire. The wire lived into 1919, didn't he? He actually was um, helped to make one of the first silent westerns. Yes, yes, that is true. Ah, you see, I'm quite a historian. I, I like figures and dates. And... I have all these wonderful fi- figures and dates in my head that come in useful sometimes. Some of them are accurate and some of them not so much. But, you know, anytime anything hits TV or movie, you know, because they're looking for ratings, not necessarily documentaries. So some of that truth gets stretched and some of it gets pulled apart and applied differently. But that's the way show business works. Have you got any um, sort of like hauntings there that are related to like the Wild West? Many. Center is definitely, um, definitely has that that Wild West history to it. There's a bar up in Payson called the Oxbow Saloon, which um, has definite paranormal activity. We investigated that place as well. It's in 1890s. Something like yeah. Yeah, it's in 1890s. It's a wood building, and it's still standing and it's in actually really good shape because they've been operating still operating and um that was one of the main stops when people crossed from what you say san diego san diego yeah um i mean there's multiple other ones there's the jerome grand hotel which again was mining based in jerome arizona and it was originally their hospital, and then they turned it into a, a hotel. Um, but they are known for their paranormal activity. Then you move to, like, Bisbee, which, again, Phelps Dodge Mining Company. They were mining copper there as well. They've got multiple buildings in that city that was all, you know, the Old West um, style, the the architecture, the history of, you know, gunfights, mining, um, all sorts of, of deaths that are occurring, but they've got the Copper Queen Hotel, they've Oliver got House. Oliver House, um, there's probably 10 or 15 of them down there with a very well-known history of, um, of hauntings and paranormal activity happening. But, then, you know, a lot of people don't think of the Southwest as being a paranormal hotspot hot because, you know, they're looking for buildings that are, you know, 1700s, early 1800s, which here in the United States, those 
buildings exist only in the East Coast and the Midwest. As you move west, I mean, Arizona didn't even become a state till 1912. Um, so that, you know, a lot of that history and, and historical sites don't exist anymore because when something becomes run down here, they knock it down and put up something new literally overnight. So to be able to hang on to that history and hang on to those buildings, um, you know, that's, that's an important aspect of, of history, and I, I love to be able to see buildings like that survive. Do you, do you encourage historic development? Um, yes and no. I mean, obviously you have to have historical development in order for your city to thrive, but there should be a sense of respect to some of the, some of the buildings that really tie to the history of the city or the state, and I think those should be protected, absolutely. Now, can I ask your wife again a question? Sure, sure. Now, you said earlier you had um, Philippine connections. That was correct, wasn't it? Yes. Now, does it have, have I know that your, don't take this the wrong way, your culture has a lot of influence about spiritual uh, connections in it as well. For sure, yes. There's a lot of um, uh, paranormal or spiritual. The white lady. Oh my gosh, yes. That's highly Filipino. Well, we we called it white lady because it's actually it's a a white mist. It's a mist, and you get rid of a figure, body figure. So my brother, my youngest brother, saw that like walking towards him and so he was really frightened when we were um, in our rest house yeah there's so many um, history over there Mananangal. <laughs> yeah those are I don't know what you call those um, Mananangal it's yeah it's a it's a cryptozoology kind of figure uh-huh. okay, right, they all turn into mix it eventually don't they No, I'll be honest. No, but anyway, but anyway, um, uh, Josh Gates went to the Philippines and he does ask a question in English and he received some responses to. He did. He did. I, I, I do remember that, but I would like to. I would like to try that ourselves and see what right. what kind of response we get. Yeah. I imagine you've been to. Have you been to Gettysburg? Because I've heard that's very haunted. And 
that's one of those situations where you're going to experience that when you have that amount of loss of life. Exactly. Well, I only mention that because obviously over here in the UK we have lots of uh, lots of haunted history of castles and uh, old like dating way back to like 14th, 13th, even 12th century, and and I think it's fascinating that. And I, I always always like to think how, if if I know that sometimes it's hard for Americans to come over to do a paranormal investigations over here because it's a bit trickier. But I think it's worthwhile for to sort of like one doing an interchange, like one comes over where you are and one goes over where we are. Obviously, the ghosts aren't going to be much different, but just to see what kind of things, see if you might get different readings. things that you do as well besides your paranormal do you do anything outside of the paranormal world we have yeah. a day job <laughs> yeah we, we we have day jobs but as far as hobbies go uh we do metal detecting as well it's, right. it's one of our our other favorite things to do um because it it, it somewhat ties in and you know it, it brings objects out of the ground that are buried for for years and sometimes they're valuable sometimes they're valuable on a historic level um so we've been doing that for years as well um but yeah we've got day jobs we've got family we've got kids we've got dog <laughs> we've got pets <laughs> so you know we're, on a day-to-day basis we're 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 pretty normal family, uh, but when night comes around and weekends come around, then we we, uh, we either hit the paranormal or metal detecting or yeah or the research center. What do you think about time travel? I believe I believe at the moment. Now this is my. I've always said this. This I say this a lot, but this is just my personal theory that we are technically time traveling now. As I speak to you, because you are in the past and I am in the future. Yeah, actually, that's true, because we're we're having a live conversation and we're in completely two different time zones. So, yeah, technically, technically, yeah, you, you are doing that. And, you know, there's been so much research on everything from black holes to um, again back into the extraterrestrial thing that that's how they feel that they're coming in and out but then that whole um, time travel thing gets into the whole multi-universe thing and if universes can run parallel to each other at the same time and then it's not necessarily a matter of changing time it's just a matter of changing frequency to to exist in the in the other universe and so if your line of thinking goes along any of those lines they all pull together so is time travel then technically possible yeah it would be i think i read somewhere don't quote me on this that there is actually an ash astronaut that technically did try and travel for i think it was a cosmonaut that traveled technically for like half a minute something to do with the going around the world and something i can't don't quote me on it i've read it somewhere i can't remember where i read it and it's annoying me because it's in my brain and i know i read it i'm not making it up but i can't remember where i remember something yeah i think i remember something along that lines too so, I mean, it, it, I know a lot of astronauts that come back, and they, going back to aliens, there's a lot of astronauts that come back and say, yes, we have seen something. 
And obviously there's the old moon theory that aliens are on the moon and that's why they told us not to come back. Right. I like that. I like that theory. Basically, you didn't land on the moon because of the flag. And it's nothing to do with the flag. It's all to do with that film. paranormal world is getting more and more expensive yes yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it is um, you know it, it, it's, a, it's a tricky field because and well, you're gonna start well first of all yes it, it's true um, paranormal it's getting expensive nowadays because first of all if you want to look for a location you have to pay for you know for a location for you to stay for you to investigate yeah equipment equipment or, even the travel i mean just exactly. look, at, look at where we've all been i mean from from eight nine hour car rides to flights across the country to go check out locations that were that were being um claimed to be haunted um equipment absolutely i mean there's there's new gadgets coming out all the time now do all of them work no and do all of them work for every person that uses them no there there's certain gadgets that work best for certain people and we have ours that we we prefer and we use on a regular basis but but yeah and and then to top it off there's there's no there's no monetary payback for it we, we do everything on our own money we do everything on our own time we don't get paid for we, yeah we don't we don't charge for anything um when we do investigations or we're, we're there to help both the people that are concerned about the activity happening and of course the spirits that are either trapped or or in pain or whatever the case may be but yeah there's no there's no monetary return on it so it's yeah it's a it's a it's it can it can get expensive yes it's our passion and you know it's our um passion in life and right right we do it for that reason because we're passionate about it and we we want to learn exactly. i think that's very important i think that's the most important thing do you um i know i don't know if you had the same problem sometimes groups clash over here they don't like giving out information saying oh we won't tell you where that haunting was because we don't want you to know where it is that kind of thing. We have the exact same problem, and I'm going to take a bet that it's probably even worse here. Everybody is competing. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's crazy to me because it's not a competition. It's not about what you capture. It's about sharing what you capture. And we've always been a, a, a real big supporter of sharing our evidence. And we, we post everything that we catch. People will ask me, hey, where did you capture that? I'll tell them. It's not a secret. It shouldn't be a secret. People here will steal other people's evidence and post it as their own. They will, um, they will restrict other investigators to going to locations because they they think it's theirs and they don't want them to capture stuff that they've captured and then you get into the whole facebook thing where teams are ripping each other apart and it's just sad because if we're if we're all in this event together to find out what exists within the paranormal we'll do it much better together than we ever will apart learn each other learn from each other right now 
obviously you gave out your links earlier on, but would you like to give them again, just in case people are tuning in and they'd like to find out where they can find it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you're on Facebook, you can find me under, if you just search Tony, T-O-N-Y, Rathman, R-A-T-H-M-A-N, you'll find me instantly on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel. If you search Entity Voices Paranormal Investigations, we'll come right up. And then um, our website. Oh, the website for the Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Center, which I highly recommend to any investigators who happen to be either in Arizona or coming to Arizona for a vacation. If you like paranormal investigation, this place is amazing. And you can find that at www.coppercanyonprc.com. I just thought it's important that people be like to know where to go because obviously we've had a great chat. And before I go, I always I normally do like, like a unique sign off. So I'm going to ask you, what would your unique sign off would be? And that goes to both of you. It goes both to you, Tony, and your wife, wife Sherry. Mine is this is mine to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Thank you, Tony and Sherry, for being on my show. It was nice to have a chat about things they know. I liked that you talked about everything from paranormal to UFO. So I'd like to say thank you for being on my show. Thank you, my friends. All right. By the end of this podcast, nearly 10,000 new malware variants will have launched. Now AI can help protect your data from threats wherever it lives with IBM Security. Let's put smart to work. Learn more at ibm.com slash smart slash UK. On a day such as this, we pray the car won't let us down. But winter sneers, and the battery bails, the bulbs blow, the wipers wipe out. Can anyone save you? Yes, you. Come to Halfords. We'll check your wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, oil and windscreen. We'll even top up your screen wash, all completely free. And we're open late, seven days a week. Find your local store now at halfords.com. Ready for the cold snap? Ready for anything. Halfords. For life's journeys. Subject to availability. Opening times vary.